Yup Beer, made with all natural ingredients and only $1.85 a can. Available in over 200 locations across Ontario. Visit yupbeer.com to find a store near you. Episode 21 of the Down by Two podcast. My name is Josh Elijah. I'm your co-host to my right, Mikey Fulmer, as always. Mikey! How's it going, buddy? Oh, I'm doing good. I just got to uh, chat with my buddy, Blakey, a.k.a. Snake Murphy. <laughs> Not bad. Yo, Snake Blake- was good. That's my cousin's nickname. Any anyone's named Blake or Jake is Snake. Blake, Automatically, Blake the Snake Murphy from Sportsnet, uh, Raptors Insider, Fan Five Ninety Morning Show host. Uh, great to have him on. It is trade deadline, uh, but we can't overlook our producer as well. We got our producer Jesse McKay, aka Man. What a dude, Man. baby. What's up, boys? Decided to take a little shot of bourbon off the top. Bourbon. <laughs> Reminiscing on Bourbon Street. Yeah, man. Uh, but like we were saying, we had Blake Murphy on the show. Uh, I got to say, man, uh, shout outs to him because, like, mad respect. He was able to jump on the show. And uh, in the midst of NBA trade deadline, we are recur- we are recording on uh, Thursday uh, just after 3 p.m., uh, getting all of the uh, trader insiders and, and everything that broke down from the day uh, and able to have him and his insights on the show and, and talk about, you know, the Raptors uh, trade deadline deals and across the league as well and how that shapes up and give him grades. And man, just uh, it was great to have him on the show. I'm going to sound like a broken record here. Man, second second uh, interview in a row. JD Bunkus, These guys baby. are so fucking dialed with like so finances. Dialed. Like, all their Toronto sports, even outside of it, talking about other reasons why trades went down, thinking about money and getting rid of contracts and just shit that is so detailed that anyone that thinks they know sports, like me or you, it's just like tenfold. Well, here's the and thing. And I just, he had me, he had me uh, awestruck. I just sat there like, I feel like I'm talking to a GM right now. <laughs> well, when it comes to like the the average fan, I mean, uh, some of them may actually end up looking into contracts and you know who's uh, who's dealt what for uh, you know the next year coming up, like final year of the contract. Are they do they have a buyout? What bird rights do they have? That's also kind of surface level stuff. But when you are able to have a grasp on picks that are coming down later on down the road and where they're coming from and just just and there's always layers to it um so that's why it was it was incredible to have blake murphy on the show and for him to be able to break it down uh for even just uh, the simplest of, of sports listeners on our show and you know even if you're a passive listener uh to our show and and, and are a big ball fan uh that was uh it was great to have him on the show absolutely yeah i i can't wait to i just started listening to uh the morning show fan 590 after listening to these two guys fan I'm, 590 I'm, I'm kind of late late to the party on that but uh 
cheers to those two fellas. The last couple interviews we did, they, uh, they've got their shit. They know they're dialed in and, uh, absolutely big fans. hundred percent. Make sure to check out Blake Murphy and JD Bumkus, uh, on the fan Five Ninety morning show, uh, Monday to Friday. Um, but yeah, speaking of which it's been, uh, a hell of a day, uh, with the trade deadline going down by the time that this is, uh, uh, going to be released. It'll kind of the dust has been settled. There might be some buyouts or whatnot. Um, but we, we talk a bit about our feelings on the, on the Raptors and, and what we think, uh, with the Goran Dragic deal. Um, do we like where we're positioned moving forward? Um, when it comes to the rest of our season and do we like, uh, this deal for Thaddeus Young? Bird, yeah, you hit this one. You you two are the Toronto uh, Raptors gurus here. I don't know, man. Like, I feel like my brain's kind of mush from today. Just this there's so much so- going on, and it was so hard to keep up. But uh, you know what? Uh, Blake nailed it. It's literally dead money. Like, this guy wasn't going to play a game for us ever again. Like, I think we all know that. Yeah. So, nothing for something. Yeah, why not flip it? I mean, like, I know we we thought we were maybe going to get a Miles Turner or like, you know, more than just a depth piece, but at least it's something and we we still get a pick back. I know we gave up a pick, but you know, there's there's more more pieces to it than just uh just letting him walk in the off season and and like he said, we're saving a little bit of cash. There's no one going to the games and frankly, I don't I don't think they really care this year. 100%. They just they just want to see what we got and what we're working with, and then move move from there. You know what I mean? Well, one thing that we really didn't touch on in this episode um, is is just the perspective from the GMs, and especially when it comes to Bobby Webster, and they they were prepared to just double down uh, on their squad that they have and not ship out any pieces, um, except for the ones that you know haven't really been much of a, much of a part of the whole orchestration of this organization. So, uh, when it comes to getting rid of Goran Dragic, I mean that's. The man's sitting sideline for Miami Heat games, so it's right. I, it's, so it's like, hey, bro, I, 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 I like you, but like, puke. Man, <laughs> you fucking. Hey, I mean, puke. he said he has like family issues going on. Oh so, fuck! Sorry, well, sorry. We'll sorry, keep sorry, that God. in mind. Yeah, we'll keep but, that in mind. I mean, you know, whatever. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> there was, yeah. a, you know what, you know what the problem is, is that that whole thing before the season started kind of tainted my. In my opinion, whether on him. that be lost yeah. in translation or if he actually yeah. exactly. didn't fucking want to come here, it just here. put a sour taste in my mouth, you know. As it did with most Raptors fans, but all the best to Goran Dragic. I'm happy to get Thaddeus Young. You know, uh, at, at first, you know, first impressions on it, I'm like, isn't this the guy that we were trying to go after in 2017? Like we, like <laughs> this, this seems like a little, a little past his prime but i mean at the end of the day I, I i do think that it's you know just adding a little bit more depth is he another six eight forward yes do we have a bunch of those absolutely uh but it does um it does fill in a lot of spots and you know we definitely dive into it with blake murphy um and and jump into all that so we're not gonna we're not gonna dive too deep into it um i just wanted to uh share uh, a little bit of news on a completely different outlet but i uh i'm getting a puppy Bing, bing, bing. Bing. Woof. Woof, 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 baby. Bark, bark, mm. bark. Puppy, puppy <laughs> <Yo>. love, baby. <laughs> Prepare for your fucking life to change. Dude. Oh, yo, man. Yo, you're doing all right, though, because you're a big it's shot. It's pre-baby, baby. Yeah. 
you're a big shot and going to fucking Dallas for a week for the first week that it's home. So you're you're Yo. actually you're you're actually wow. not having to deal with that first four or five nights of crate training, which is from the big easy to the big deasy. Is that yeah. what they call Dallas? Who fucking yeah. knows? Um, yeah. I mean, I just get to <laughs> yeah. I just get to come home after Amanda's been pissed on for about five days straight, and then, <laughs> and then just oh, you cute little Bobby. Yeah. That's so that's I, I wanted to share this with you guys. Uh, we, we got a we rescued. We were rescuing from an adoption, and we uh, got a little puppy. Her name is Bobby. Bobby with an I is it Bobby Joe is it Bobby Jane who knows uh, Bobby ooh Bobby ooh baby cutie little baby okay um, you you gotta promise me to do one thing sure. you know how you love to eat nachos and <laughs> you love to <laughs> you love to just shred them everywhere mm-hmm. or generally just put anything in your mouth and shake it like a dog toy yeah 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 I I need you to Couple do that with your puppy yeah you need <laughs> you need to teach your puppy how to uh, how to play properly. You know Be a menace? I mean? yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be so confused. Yeah. Like, Repeat after I daddy. To do that? Just teach it everything you don't want it to do right off the hop. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, be prepared. Just just saying uh, to experience a love that you've never experienced. Oh, man. It's incredible. That is the Yo, thing. Yo, got a dog. I, I got a COVID dog last spring, and it is... I find myself driving doozy. in the car. Doozy. <laughs> and I'll find myself in the car talking to the dog and the dog voice just on the way home from work just to talk to her practicing for the down by two interview that you're You're about to do amped up yeah yeah you started calling the dog blake (laughs) (laughs) yo blake the snake murphy how you (laughs) yeah it it is a special thing though what do you think of thaddeus young there blake uh yo this time next year we'll be talking about your fucking taddy on your fucking left deltoid of your dog's paw That's how much you're gonna love. Yo, this I'm gonna thing. get a shin piece for uh, for Bobby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> shin piece for Bobby. I'm gonna get a fundraiser for it. Yeah, um, right on your fucking heart. <laughs> You'll get a portrait eventually. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But I gotta tell you. So, what do you guys think of the name Bobby? What do you think of the name Bobby? Do Incredible. you like it with an it's eye? It's very London of you. <laughs> Bobby. Bobby. Sorry, Bobby. I had to. Yeah. No, I mean, I like hey, yo, fair. But Bobby's awesome. Yeah. It came with the name Bobby. She came. With Is the it name a boy Bobby. or a girl? It's a girl with an eye. Bobby. Okay. Yeah. So it came. Yeah, it came with Bobby, and here is is how they ended up naming this litter of puppies. I think it was about seven of them, and uh, we got it from uh, from Mandy's coworker, uh, whose name is also Josh. Uh, they're they're foster parents for dogs um, through an organization, and uh, we ended up getting uh, Bobby through them. Um, but the kid, Josh's kid, uh, Colby, I think his name is, um, is a is a huge milwaukee bucks fan Ooh. out of all teams and so they Good named each puppy after milwaukee bucks players oh no that's way what it was. so you got all bobby right. portis i got bobby, got bobby portis. portis wow <laughs> so may I ask does the dog the have squats? gigantic eyeballs yes that's <laughs> it that is exactly it they're so close the together too. Get out of here <laughs> welcome bobby wow <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the sexiest one out of all of them is obviously Giannis, and there's got to be like there was a Dante DiVincenzo who got just got shipped today actually, so better <laughs> fucking change that kid's name. That's uh, uh, <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> there's a Dante. There's like um, I don't know a Tory. There's like a Tory for a Tory Craig. It's just like yeah, there's a whole bunch of them. But uh, but yeah, I got Bobby. But they were started running for for the girl dogs or for the female dogs. There wasn't uh, they were they were getting creative, so they had to change the Y to an I. So uh, yeah, little little baby Bobby. That's a very fun fact. It was <laughs> right baby here Bobby. where that came from. <laughs> little baby Bobby. Uh, 
So yeah. That's awesome. So man. cheers to Bobby. Yo, cheers to Bobby. Yeah. Here. Yo, can't <laughs> wait. Can't wait to run on Iprawas Beach with uh, Bobby and fucking Rui. Oh yeah. Well, I can't wait for Bobby and to me. be guest on. Oh, yeah. yeah. All four and going birdie. with them. <laughs> Yo, bird on a leash. They're yeah. just chasing the bird. A bird on a leash. Yo. <laughs> I can't wait for Bobby to be our special guest on episode 45 of the Down by Two podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, another man. banger of an episode. No, yeah, those will be some dark times. Eh? <laughs> get, the, get the dog on. Yeah, the Blue Jays are nowhere in the playoff That'll be race. a curling episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when we're running out of fucking gas, you're getting fucking putting Bobby Just on. Just littered on the beach with uh, no... It's like, shit, we were supposed to book someone for this show. All right, Bobby! <laughs> get over <laughs> <laughs> Show him that trick. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, oh, man, just so fun. That's the best, man. Just Cheers to you guys. That's great. Absolutely, man. I'm, I'm just super excited all around. Just exciting times. Um, but this is episode. 21 of the Down by Do podcast featuring my almost new dog Bobby uh, and Sportsnet's Blake Murphy on the show. Hope you guys enjoy. Cheers. another banger of a guest on the show today we just keep them on coming uh the special guest that we have on our show uh, you may recognize him as the as the raptors insider and co-host of the morning show for the fan 590 sports and that's blake murphy on the show blake my man how you doing and holy hell what a day yeah it's uh i'm doing well but it's been uh it's been a day yeah uh, doing this is so this is obviously my first big news day in the fan morning show role i took it over in october mm-hmm. And there are some fun days, and you've had the odd thing happen. Like, our very first show was, you know, the morning after um, the the Blue Jays got eliminated. So that's a, yeah. a hectic one or whatever. But, you know, uh, Tom Brady actually retired while we were live on the air. But uh, the no. element of, like, having to keep – because, like, I'm doing four hours on the radio. I don't want to be on my phone. I don't want to be on Twitter. But to go through trade deadline week doing that, while there's also, like, Olympic stuff going on, it's been a – it's been a weird one. Uh, tomorrow, tomorrow's gonna be a crazy show too, just because like it's Super Bowl on Sunday. But next week's going to feel so slow relative to right. uh, relative to this last bit. Just so much to digest over the last week and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and obviously, like man, we are gonna jump right into it. But just for our listeners, we kind of like to start off with uh, you know just a bit about bit about you and, and where you're coming from. I mean, I I know I know you have uh, quite a history, you know, being able to you know start off with like even the score and and you know write for the Athletic and you know Vice and and even Raptors Republic. Um, I actually uh, there there's a chance that we might have run into each other at the uh, Comedy Records basketball tournament. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if you were playing on that squad. Yeah, or... I was. Uh, I was definitely in that tournament yeah. as part no of the Raptors way. Republic team. So. Yeah, so yeah. we've we've probably posted up on each other and uh, just kind of equaled each other out of possibly. Uh, even <laughs> yeah, I, w- I would have been the guy. I, I might have been in the post, but I would have just been kicking the ball back out. Defense only yeah. on my end. <laughs> oh yeah, th- yeah. No, nothing but hustle coming from you. That's which is yeah. uh, great. Just show up with show up with chuckers, so there's no responsibility for you to score. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Yeah, I mean, I would have been the guy in the corner 
corner. I, I'm I'm more three and D without the D, so uh, that's that's, <laughs> that's, that's that's kind of my uh, my sweet spot there. Um, but yeah, man, let's let's get a bit of a background because uh, I'd love to hear your story as to how you ended up now all the way to uh, the co-host for for the morning show on the Fan Five Ninety with our boy JD Bunkus as well, who we just had a chance to sit down with. Yeah, uh, so I'll do kind of an abbreviated version, yeah. but uh, I have a business degree. And I was working in an office job and I've been doing some blogging on the side. Uh, this is like maybe 2012-ish. And I was supposed to go to law school eventually. And I was like, ah, I don't really know if I want to do that. Um, and I kept writing on the side and I was liking it more and more. And then it like it hit a point where I was like baking, uh, booking fake meetings and going into a meeting room by myself and writing. Really? And, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I would just like much rather be doing this than doing like Excel modeling for like Toyota's production schedule. Like, um, I mean, that sounds so, enticing. So, <laughs> yeah. So I did, uh, I, I kept kind of leaning toward that. And then, so I went to UBC to, to get a master's of journalism. Um, I ended up dropping out after a year to take that job you mentioned at the score. Mm -hmm. But like for that year, I basically, that was like a, I have permission to not work full time year. So it was a lot of like, I'm going to write everywhere. I'm going to write about everything. I'm going to do play by play at school. I'm going to try some non sports stuff. Um, yeah. So then I went to the score, mm -hmm. moved back to Toronto. I did two years at the score and then was just kind of feeling like I needed to grow and I needed to, to kind of keep pushing. So um, then I did my I struck out and did my own thing for like three seasons. Um, and Raptors Republic was a big part of that. Like mm -hmm. I'm a co-owner of that. I've been there since day one. Um, so that was a couple years. And that's where like the vice came in and pretty much freelancing for anyone who would pay me. Mm -hmm. Um, and during that time I'd been freelancing for the athletic as well when they launched. Uh, and then the Raptors get Kawhi Leonard and everyone suddenly realizes they need more Raptors coverage. Uh, so then I went there full time, uh, after that. And then, yeah, this summer my, my contract was up there mm -hmm. and I was looking at a couple different options and was feeling, you know, it's time for a new challenge. I, uh, I never set out to like just do basketball. I was a, I mean, I grew up playing hockey and was like a hockey first guy until I was maybe like 16. Mm -hmm. And then like analysis wise, I actually think baseball is my strongest sport. So it was kind of cool to get this opportunity where, you know, I'm going to get to do a little bit of everything. Um, you know, obviously there's been a little bit more TV with this role and obviously the four hours a day on radio instead of just writing, you know, four or five times a week yeah it's been a it's been a cool challenge yeah no absolutely so i mean i want to go back to where you ended up transitioning even more towards um basketball because you talk about how there wasn't as much interest or now there's more of a demand for raptors coverage and you didn't see that at all but even when you know demar Derozan and, and kyle lowry and that sort of era was uh was really popping off uh it was there and that's part of why I mean, I had really fortunate timing. So, like, I get mm. to the score, and the whole idea of me going there and why they were interested in me is that I could help on every sport yeah, um, and bring kind of, like, an analytics lens uh, to, to everything. And then almost immediately, it's like, well, we don't have a lot of basketball people, so we need you to be on basketball. Yeah. And I love basketball, so no complaints here. And then by the time that I left, I had just, like, been a basketball guy there for two years where when you first start freelancing full-time, like, you gotta, you gotta get a foot in the door and basketball is where I was more established. So like I was still writing at fan graphs at yeah. that point on the baseball side. So not exclusively basketball. Um, and then, yeah, I had the really fortunate timing of that first year I did freelance, um, was the 2015, 2016 season. So 
out of kind of unexpectedly, the Raptors go on this conference finals run. Yes. They take the Cavaliers to six games. Um, you know, a lot of freelance outlets at that point. It was kind of, it was really fortunate timing because I get kind of the season to ramp up and get myself established with a couple different editors and outlets. Mm -hmm. And then the Raptors go on this deep playoff run and a lot of outlets are not well prepared to cover a deep Raptors playoff run. So I kind of was able to take advantage of that. Um, But yeah, I really, until that year where like, until the We the North year where they took the Nets to seven games, I really do think that there was a, there was a pretty big gap between the appetite of the hardcore fan base and and what traditional media was uh, willing to provide. And then I think 2016 was a boost to that, the championship year, obviously. And now you see guys like William Liu and Alex Wong have their own show on Sportsnet that I think starting next week, I think I'm allowed to say this, it's going to be like, like simulcast on TV as well. So like, um, Two guys who like Alex Wong, who followed a very similar path to me, and Will Liu, who started at Raptors Republic, yeah. like carving out that hey, they have a daily Raptors show now. Um, I think it's a it's a great encapsulation of where we come since 2016 or 2014 or pick your year. I mean, so would you say now that you know after the Raptors won uh, their championship and you know unforgettable season, obviously with that, um, have you seen it taper off? Even maybe you know with that weird COVID year that you know Raptors moving down to Tampa and that, that do you see it? Did you see it taper? off and then now it's kind of like dipping back up into more fan engagement yeah it definitely it didn't dip right away because that 2019 2020 run it back season was so like it was it was awesome oh yeah even magical even like obviously the pandemic kills a lot of stuff but they were so good when the bubble relaunched except for the siakam struggles in that's in that celtic series so um i think that got a little bit of it back but let's be honest like this is two and a half three seasons now straight where what has there been 15 games where we could be in an arena watching them yeah and that's not everything but like think back to when you're first becoming a fan or when you're transitioning like when you're growing from being a casual fan of like hey i watch the raptors sometimes with my buddies to being a hardcore and like losing that in-game experience i I, and i know look i know not everyone can go that it only holds nineteen thousand or whatever so this Mm -hmm. isn't for everyone but i do think there's an element of community that's been missing the last couple seasons and then definitely an element of like Especially, like, I think of kids. Like, you don't get hooked on a sport the same way watching on TV, I don't think, as, like, your mind's blown the first time you get to go to a Jays game or a Leafs game or a Raptors game. So, um, I don't know. Maybe that takes more of a long-term impact. I really hope we're back in arenas by the time playoffs roll around here. Um, If I have to watch one more hockey game with piped-in fake crowd noise, I'm going to lose my mind. Uh, (laughs) But, yeah, hopefully hopefully we can kind of pick up where where that left off because I do think they're still an interesting team and a a likable team. You know, it's crazy. Uh, Bird and I, actually, I think we caught the last real Raptors game uh, at Scotiabank uh, when they they, – Full capacity uh, anyway. And blew the doors right off the Kings. Oh, Kings. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, Knicks was the last one I was at. Yeah. And it came down to the wire. It was a fun one. And that's the thing. It was just such an experience, you know, to be back there and, and, and full capacity. And it was, you know, and then just to see it quickly drop off to 50% capacity, no food or beverage in the stadium or what have you. And then and then just now down to absolutely zero. So, yeah. Um, well, not zero. There's 500 of uh, right, like friends right, and right. family yeah. and stuff. Yeah, like, you got Drake and his producer are there. And Gary like, Trent Jr.'s you know, dad. Gary Trent Sr. is hanging out coach's there. coach's best friend and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. 
yeah, yeah. That's uh, so we're obviously, um, yeah, that's we're looking to get back to that. And um, you know, but speaking of of the Raptors and you know, where we're at, it's uh, by the time that this will be released, it will probably be a week after everything has settled. Uh, you know, with the trade deadline and whatnot. That's why we're super super grateful to have you on right on right hours after the trade deadline just finished. Um, a lot to digest. Um, I'd like to work backwards uh, from some of the trades that happened earlier on this week. Uh, but sure. for, for now, let's start with the Raptors. One big move that we made today is getting rid of Goran, uh, Goran Dragic and uh, getting Thaddeus Young back. So let's talk a bit more about your takes on that trade, uh, what it makes, uh, what it looks like for the Raptors, and more importantly, how it actually offends, uh, affects this rotation that we're looking at here. Yeah, I think, you know, the big takeaway or the big thing to keep in mind at first is exactly the way you framed it. This is this is going to feel much more like getting rid of Goran Dragic than acquiring Thad Young just because mm-hmm. it's been such an irritating irritating point for for fans throughout the year. Um, you know, I it, the situation was understandable. He actually had like a legitimate family issue, but we're going to see him on Dallas or Miami or something like that in a in a week or two and it's going to drive Raptors like he's going to be the most hated uh Raptors opponent if if they play him down yeah. the stretch here. Um so look, this is there were two ways, three ways really you could have gone with the Dragic thing. Could have waited till after the deadline and bought him out. Saves you a little money under the tax. Then you can use, you know, sign someone to that roster spot. Bring DJ Wilson back, who looked good on the hardship exemption, mm-hmm. or convert Justin Champagne or whatever. Doesn't really move the needle for anything except finances. So the second option you have is you attach draft capital to Dragic and you're willing to take on long term salary. So, hey, Goran Dragic's $19 million expiring contract is coming off the books, but the cap doesn't really work where. Every expiring gives you cap space. Even with, even if they let, just let Dragic expire, um, they probably wouldn't have been a cap space team this summer. So your option is then, Hey, what if we bring back long-term salary? And you see a team like Boston acquire Derek White. Derek White. In like, sure, they got, they gave up Romeo Langford, who's like a fringy prospect. Like he's a rotation caliber guy, but nothing special. Mm-hmm. And Josh Richardson, who is like, a slightly worse version of Derek White, who's on a shorter contract. Yeah. So maybe that deal was available to you. Um, some of the ones I was looking at were like, you know, Gallinari was a rumor because he's owed a little bit of money next year. Um, Eric Gordon was a name that that stood out because he has a fully guaranteed next year and then a non-guaranteed third year. Mm-hmm. Um, the Raptors didn't go that way. We spoke to Bobby Webster afterward, and it was a lot about financial flexibility. I'm sure you guys are tired of hearing about it after the last couple of years. Dang. And then the third option is... Don't take on long-term money. Turn Dragic into something that's just helpful for your rotation now. And that's what they did. That young, it's hard to remember, but like 12 months ago, he was a guy on the Bulls that every contending team was trying to find a way to trade for. I know. This guy's not not far removed from being a really helpful piece. Obviously didn't fit with what San Antonio is doing right now. They're rebuilding. Didn't play a lot. Was kind of in and out of the rotation. It didn't look that great. What Thad Young brings, if Thad Young can rediscover Chicago Bulls, Thad Young is some pretty terrific playmaking as far as forwards go. A Absolutely. guy who can fill in a lot of gaps. He's a bit, he's a big dot connector, right? Like he's not going to create the advantage for you with the ball in his hands. He's not a knockdown three point shooter, but 
he helps other guys get in better positions to succeed with his screening, with his passing, with just his overall um, smarts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Raptors, you're going to hear Nick Nurse talk a lot about the experience that Young brings. He's, he oh, hasn't yeah. won a championship, but he's been in the league 15 years. Um, he was actually OG Ananobi's mentor when OG was in high school. He played on Team oh, Thad, no which is the AAU team that Thad sponsored. So, and like that huh. has a reputation as like, one of the best dudes in the league. So um, you have an element of that as well. In terms of the rotation, like, it is what it is. It's another six foot eight power forward, right? This, this, this is that's the whole team up. now. <laughs> yeah. They didn't get a center. They didn't get a ball handler. Like, none of the rotation issues are any different now. It's just you're going to be looking at uh, Thad Young taking some of those minutes that you know, probably some of the minutes that were going to Scotty Barnes and Pascal and OG because they're just playing so much. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, maybe there's a little bit of a crunch with Birch, Achua, Boucher. Um, but yeah. look, there's enough. It, they, their starters have been playing like almost record minutes. There's a, There should be enough minutes to get that young involved. Now, so I completely agree with, with you know, the move to be able to, you know, get something Get some something for some nothing, basically, is kind of what we're looking at when it comes to you know getting rid of Goran Dragic because he obviously was not playing. Uh, but with some of the rumors, and at the end of the day, that's all they were were just rumors. But I've I've read that you know Yusuf Nurkic was almost a done deal, and then there's supposed to be the three way with the Knicks and the Lakers where we would get Taylor Horton Tucker and Cam Reddish would go uh, elsewhere. Um, and it's just a three way trade in that sense. And then there was also the, the Gallinari as we were talking about. But then I think one of the more popular ones was Indiana and in the kind of position that they were in to make it look like, you know, they were just absolutely blowing things up almost uh, where it would make it sense if they were to get rid of Miles Turner. Why do you think the Raptors ended up going in that in that sort of route to go with Thaddeus Young? Because nobody saw that coming. Yeah, so I think with the Miles Turner thing, um, the way I understand it is that was a choice between Turner and Sabonis. That wasn't a full teardown. They like Turner's fit with Halliburton and some of the other pieces they have there. So this wasn't really a case where everyone must go. Um, it was kind of once Sabonis got traded, it, w- it was pretty clear that Turner wasn't going to be available. Now, in terms of some of the other scenarios, uh, from what I put together, that three-team scenario really wasn't all that likely. Um, you know, even like the terms that were reported weren't even CBA compliant. So like we were looking at a bigger deal or a fourth team or something like that. Uh, the interesting one is a thing like Nurkic where, hey, you did the deal for Thad Young and mm-hmm. you moved back maybe 15 spots in the draft to make the Dragic for Thad Young swap and save about a million dollars in real dollars when you prorate the salaries and stuff like that. What? How much more would Yusuf Nurkic have cost, would have cost is a really interesting question. And it's not something that they're going to come right out and tell us. Yeah. But, you know, if that was the difference of... Hey, it was Thad Young, but you get that Detroit Pistons second round pick back. So you're, you know, you get the number 31 or 32 pick back mm-hmm. versus Portland wasn't willing to send it back or they didn't want to let you lottery protect that pick or something like that. That's where, you know, that stuff doesn't come out. I was a little surprised there wasn't more heat with the Nurkic stuff. Um, I thought some of the stuff coming out of Portland about, oh, we, we like his bird rights. You know, we'd want to keep him for with Dame and stuff like that. I thought that was kind of just posturing to, to up the value. Yeah. But he stayed put. So, um, this is the thing too is like, not everyone gets traded. There, yeah. There's a lot like, we're going to see some buyout guys. Actually, by the time this airs, there'll probably be some guys who have been bought out. Like, Dragic and Gary Harris and a number of other guys around the league. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just hard to make a trade happen. I think 
they have an existing relationship with the Spurs front office from not just the Kawhi deal, but the legendary trade deadline, Austin Day, Fernando DiColo swap. <laughs> um, so there's a... Uh, oh, oh. wait. So existing relationship there, and sometimes that just makes things easy to get done. I think they were trying to do more after that. Like, I think they would have loved to send out one of their depth forwards and get some guard help, but they weren't going to attach more draft assets to that. Yeah, it almost felt like at a certain point that, you know, Thad was actually going to be shipped right on the spot because, um, you know, I mean, again, they were looking at maybe Miles Turner and potentially Buddy Heald, uh, but then reports came out that Buddy Heald was actually going to stay from that uh, from that Pacers-Kings uh, deal. And, you know, while we're talking about the Pacers. Um, let's let's try and make sense of this huge blockbuster Sabonis for Halliburton and company deal that went down between those two teams that are really both in no position to make any sort of surge. Um, I think it's just more questionable on the Sacramento Kings part, don't you think? Hundred percent. Yeah, that one that one threw me off. I'm curious to see what you guys what you think about that one. It's a little bit strange how it shook out because I actually think that were you to be like, hey, the Kings have two guys that maybe don't fit together and the Pacers have two guys that maybe don't fit together. I actually think Halliburton and Sabonis are like the best pair of the two together, but you end up with Halliburton and Turner yeah. and then Sabonis and Fox. Um, I think it's going to be one of those deals that like, like we'll see where everyone shakes out and stuff like that. But on its face, this is Sabonis for Halliburton. That's the big bet here. Mm -hmm. Halliburton is a really cool, very young player who has improved a lot if you go back to the start of his college career to where he is now. So uh, if you're the Pacers and you've had a bit of luck developing players, maybe you're looking at that and be like, hey, we could turn him into like a real thing. Like we help develop Oladipo and Lavert and Sabonis. Like, th this is a thing we can do. Um, I get it from their perspective for sure. If you're Sacramento, there's always kind of the instinct to just assume the Kings are doing something dumb because of the Kings. Uh, this is a newer front office for them, Jeez, so yeah. maybe they get some benefit of the doubt. Um, and, and look, you give up a, a top young prospect for a win-now piece and you're not a win-now team, it's going to look a certain way. But Sabonis is really good. Sabonis is only 25. Oh, yeah. He's There's very, no very efficient as a scorer. He's a really good passer. Like, you can run your whole offense through him, really. Like, not if you not if you want to be a top-five offense, but you could be, like, an average to above-average offense with Sabonis as your hub, working a lot of elbow stuff and post stuff and, and even handling a little bit. And then, like, metrics-wise, he doesn't look like a good defender and he's limited what you could do stylistically but like yeah. metrics wise he's been fine mm -hmm. um and him and turner found a chemistry there when no one else really thought they could so i don't hate it for the kings either i i'd, I'd take the pacers side uh you know forced to choose one and, and i think they could probably reroute buddy healed somewhere else after um but yeah, I, I at least with that one understand what the Kings are trying to do. They think they got the best player in the deal, and a lot of times, if you get the best player in the deal, you win the trade. Uh, so that's probably their thought process there. Um, and then, I mean, we we've also touched on the Blazers as well, not to backpedal a little bit, but uh, it seems like you know it's been an end of an era as well, and they end up shipping McCollum over to um, New Orleans. Um, but I think everyone was kind of surprised as to the return that they got on McCollum. I mean, they got a great piece with with Hart. Um, and, and some draft capital um, along with, uh, you know, uh, Alexander Walker as well. But they ended up shipping him. And by the end of it, you're, you're, you got Hart and Ingles um, basically at the end of the trade. So does it seem maybe the bigger question is, are they going to like, is, is, is Dane basically done? Or are they going to continue building around them in, in Portland? They would tell you that 
he's not done. And what they've done is they've added Josh Hart, who's a nice complimentary piece. Mm-hmm. They've added Keon Johnson, who they believe they can turn into a rotation player the same way they kind of did with CJ McCollum and Anthony Simons. And, um, you know, uh, the deal also looks a little different now that we know Larry Nance is, is more hurt than we had maybe known yeah. beforehand. Um, because he's a really nice piece that, that I like. And, and, you know, he'll, hopefully be healthy for New Orleans next year. Um, but the big thing that Portland's going to be banking on here is they picked up a lot of draft equity through those trades. Even if you don't love the trades, um, they're much better stocked now. And they could have like $60 million in cap space this summer. So if you're looking at how you would want to add to a Dame core, um, the cap space is one way. It's not a particularly great free agent market, but when you have a lot of cap space and draft equity, that puts you in the mix for disgruntled stars, right? Because you don't have to send as much salary out match. Like if you have cap space, you don't have to match salary. So, um, you know, say Bradley Beal wants out and Portland's like, oh, what if we get kind of CJ McCollum, uh, but, yeah. but different. And, you know, then it's, it's costing you picks and taking him into cap space. Like stuff like that is possible. That's what they're looking at is, Hey, 60 million cap space, a guy in Dame who we think other top players would like to play with and who it's not that tough to build the system around. My question is going to be, you know, you're going to have to give Dame another super max extension at some point. Yeah. And I just don't know. Like, first of all, he hasn't, one, which is fine. Some guys don't win. Um, mm-hmm. the big thing and go to the playoffs every year is still fun and cool. And he's the most clutch player of this era, but he's also a little older than you might think for his draft class because he was an older prospect out of Weber State. And so I, I am a little curious about how, why, how long this window around Dame is going to be open for if you've got to pay him like 45, 50 million dollars a year. Like, like look at what's happened with Russell Westbrook and John Wall oh, and, and guys gosh, like that. Yeah. Once you lose and, and like Dame's only 31, so he's not there yet, but he's not that far away. Yeah. Like he's, he's going to be paid 49 million dollars at age 34. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that that's, you know, I, I just don't know how long the window is open. Like, I think you, it's nice to get younger pieces. It's nice to get draft picks. But given where Dame's at, uh, you gotta, you gotta move. Like, I, I don't think Dame's kicking around for a full rebuild. You're turning around and trying to use those assets for help next year. Absolutely. And there's no guarantee you're going to be able to recruit anyone to come there. Yeah. Their way, right? That's still, I still don't even think it's realistic to get any big names to come to Portland. I, I mean, I'd like I'd to live there, them. but yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, crap it's also just are fantastic. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. What are you guys drinking there, by the way? That's a Yup beer. Oh yeah, no, this yeah. is yep. our this is our uh, sponsor for the for the podcast. Is Yup beer? Amazing. So they keep yeah, us well hydrated. Uh, a couple Yups oh, down yeah. the gullet every every episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I have to ship you some. Nice. Uh, it's also just not a not a very good free agent class either, right? So mm-hmm. you, you might be banking on, um, you know, some trades or, or something like that to use that. Now, look, I, I, if you it were a really competent front office that had a track record of finding good free agent deals, yeah. you could be like, hey, Josh Hart and a couple other pieces and Dame and then and Anthony Simons and Nurkic and sixty million dollars in cap space. You could sprinkle that around like three guys and you got a core. Uh, they're not going to do that. They're going to try to do something splashy beside Dame. I think. Uh, I want to talk about one more, uh, one more team who's who also looks like that. Like I have no fucking idea what they're doing. Uh, and then we're going to talk to talk about the big Ben Simmons and and James Harden uh, blockbuster. But uh, Wizards 
Washington, man, that is a team that I was actually pretty excited about to start the season, and they got off to a pretty yeah. decent start. Uh, things have just been kind of crumbling left, right, and center. Uh, Bradley Beal out for the rest of the year. So blow it up, kind of. I mean, this Dinwiddie for Porzingis trade is pretty interesting. And then they also get rid of uh, Montrez Harrell over to uh, the Charlotte Hornets, which, I mean, Montrez, was, he's an amazing six-man off the bench. So what is Washington doing? <laughs> That's uh that's been a question for several years now. Uh, I don't yeah. know that they <laughs> I don't know that they know the the answer to that. Um, and obviously, look, Beal undergoing season-ending surgery this close to the deadline, you probably yeah. have to move quickly, right? Like you got to be pretty agile there. Um, and Montrez Harrell is like like he's a nice piece, but he's also about to be a free agent. And yeah. I don't know if like if you don't have plans to re-sign him, get whatever. Now I'm not a huge mm-hmm. Vernon Carey fan. Like I don't. I mean, Ish Smith is all right. But but. they're probably going to buy out Ish Smith anyway. Like, Ish Smith's destiny is to play for all 30 teams, and he's already played for Washington. (laughs) So, so Ish Smith is like, like, I I really hope by the time this airs, he's already on another team. Um, He's he's only, I say only, but he's only 33. He's played for 12 teams, and that's already the record. I just want him to keep, I want him to get to 15. I want him to have played for half the league by the time he retires. And like, he's well liked enough that you could bounce around. You sign somewhere the end of this year, sign somewhere, you could get the 15 ish. Do it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, hey, the Lakers could use him. A lot of guys, a lot of My places goodness. could use him. He's, uh, if he's your third point guard and he comes in and gives you a couple buckets, sure. Don't ask him to defend or anything, but. No, I'm I'm actually in a few uh, uh, Dallas Mavericks fan groups and stuff, um, and you know, I'm actually heading to Dallas and gonna. Get oh yeah, to you see mentioned Luca. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, like this is it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting to see the I guess the the sort of um, aura around the stadium with uh, all the fans, and I'm I'm sure they are they thought they were gonna get much more for Chris Stapps, um, uh, other than uh, a slumping Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie, we kind of had a feeling that he was on his way out with a very short stint with uh, Washington, and you know the Washington players didn't even like him on the squad. They said that they wanted him gone. I wonder what that was about. They heard that Beal wanted him gone. I don't. I, did he have a track record when he was at Brooklyn though? No. I, I, I wonder where that all stems from. I don't know what was going on. Uh, maybe his maybe his head isn't in the game as much as it is in cryptocurrency. But like <laughs> it's, it, I I don't understand. But any, anyway. you go from Brooklyn to to Washington though, maybe it sucked the life out of him a little bit. Potentially know. could also be but. a situation where those two particular personalities just don't match. Like like Dinwiddie's sure. a guy who the grind he's come up on. And I've talked to him a few times for like like a secondary voice about someone else in a story. Mm-hmm. And he's always been good for that kind of stuff. I remember James Herbert of CBS sports wrote a great Dinwiddie feature right before his extension the other year um, when mm-hmm. he got paid for the first time. But like Beal's not the easiest personality to get along with historically either. So maybe there's just a thing there, but like this was a swap of iffy contracts and iffy guys like yeah. Porzingis obviously has some off court stuff that, Never got publicly resolved, but was pretty yeah, heavy and serious. That's right. And also has like a ton of injury red tape and a really big contract. And then you've got Dinwiddie, who maybe <laughs> wore out the welcome there. Everywhere. And you've got Davis Bertans, who's maybe, you know, as far as non-max guys go, like one of the worst contracts in basketball, too. It just kind of <laughs> seems like I like this is a move that if this happened in the offseason, I'd be like, yeah, of course. Teams are shuffling deck chairs. Like, let's try a different bad contract than this bad contract. Um Barely surprised it happened in season, and it suggests to me maybe Porzingis wasn't on the way back. Because if you're Dallas and you have a prime Luka year and you turn 
Porzingis, who'd been your best rim protector and, and kind of number two scorer, into Dinwiddie and Bertans, that's mm. that's pretty iffy unless you thought Porzingis was you know done for the year or or you know maybe those knees are are in pretty bad shape. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like it's it's I mean, jury's out on on where Porzingis may actually end up. Um, I I just know that you know hopefully Dallas was thinking about getting more than just uh, than just Dunwoody. But um, I mean, we'll see. I, it still now leaves a bit of a bit of a gap on on what they're going to be able to do in that center position. Yeah, they also um, waived Moses Brown as as part of the the shakeup there. So um, I know they still have. Dwight Powell, who of course is Canadian, we all love. Uh, yeah. You gotta. It's it's gonna be interesting to see how they cobble that together. Like, I like Maxi Kleber. Maybe he's playing a little bit more center at six foot ten from here since he didn't get moved. Um, sure. You know, maybe they're maybe they see some smaller looks that they can run out there. But yeah, I, I would expect, even though their their roster's full and they, they had to wave Moses Brown to make this stuff happen, I wouldn't be shocked if they're like a buyout market player if a center shakes free. Yeah, absolutely. Dwight Powell and uh, and Kleber, they, those are two fantasy pickups if they're on your wire. Um, now, we, we, we got to get to it. The, the, the biggest blockbuster of them all, Ben Simmons, James oh. Harden, the big one. Centered around, obviously, those two uh, trading babies for babies and uh, obviously throwing in Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and some draft capital for, uh, let's not forget about our boy Paul Millsap as well. Um, Still going. Who wins? Who win- It kind of seems like it works out best for both. Yeah, I, I think, you know, you have to look at this with a realistic eye as to where these teams are. So... On pure value, and you look at what went where and how that could all turn out, I like it a lot better for Brooklyn. Um, Ben Simmons is obviously younger. James Harden seemed to be in maybe not the best situation there. Um, You put Simmons with that kind of spacing around him with KD, Kyrie Irving, and you picked up Seth Curry in that deal. Um, If Joe Harris is ever healthy at any point again, you know, that's a lot of shooting around a guy who the book has always been. You got to surround him with shooting. You got to surround him with shooting. Um, He's got that now. And provides a different element for them there. And another guy, like if you're looking like way ahead, one of the very best options on Giannis in the league. So and maybe you can save KD from having to guard that assignment, right? So I like it for that, that you also pick up two picks, one of them which is lightly or unprotected way in the future, which yeah. might be like a post-Embiid future. It's like 2027. It's the first thing I thought that could be a high pick when post Embiid. Yeah, so I I like it way better for Brooklyn on value like that. Having said that, if I'm a Philadelphia 76ers fan, I would be so beyond frustrated at this point that you have another prime Joel Embiid borderline MVP season and you weren't doing anything it took to maximize that. James Harden for this year and next might not work out. The fit might not be great. James Harden might wear out his welcome again, whatever. But to not do anything when Embiid's having another season like this would have been pretty criminal. And and in pure Mm -hmm. roster terms, because Ben Simmons wasn't playing and you don't really consider the picks when you're looking at strictly a championship window, like they lost Seth Curry and... I was just about to say, those are significant pieces. Sorry to cut you off. No, no, that's that's great. Um, But yeah, like you're, you're taking out Seth Curry, which hurts, but you get James Harden. And if James Harden is any thing close to the James Harden we've seen at times, you know, you have two guys who are top 10 players in the league. Maybe Harden's not that guy anymore, but a good James Harden isn't any lower than like 15th when you figure yeah. in how hard it is to, to create offense at that volume. So 
Philly had to do something. It's just they they surrendered a lot of value to get it done. But when you really look at it, I mean, like you have just solidified your starting lineup. I mean, I mean, unless I guess the jury's out on whether or not it would be uh, Thibel or or Green starting, but you were still able to retain Tyrese Maxey. So, mm-hmm. um, like that is that is huge. And Tobias Harris as well. I, mean, I know there was rumors of him potentially going to OKC, but that never actually happened. Yeah, I could so. see him getting he, shopped in the offseason. That's that's a pretty cumbersome contract, and mm-hmm. you've got Harden's what forty seven million dollar option for next year or whatever he had it is to opt into that. Yeah. Yeah. Got to do it. Like you have Embiid in his prime. You got to spend that money. But yeah, I would expect that they're tweaking again in the offseason. Yeah, I mean, at, at the end of the day, we're, you're able to get rid of Ben Simmons and that dark cloud that surrounded that organization, and to be able to <laughs> send him to all places. But Brooklyn, just another, just another organization that yeah, you know, I think it fits perfectly for both teams. But um, yeah, at the end of the day, that, that definitely puts does it put Philadelphia right at as an Eastern Conference contender to take to walk away out of the East? I still. You know, you've got to give the defending champs some respect there. Like, I, I actually, I thought Serge Ibaka to the Bucks was one of the, like, that move Sneaky. came as part Very. of a four-team trade, and then everything went chaotic right after that. Turning Dante DiVincenzo into Serge Ibaka is great. really nice piece of work, even if Serge Ibaka isn't, like, yeah, he's not going to be Raptors Ibaka after this much injury time, but they needed a big badly. And with how much they ask their centers to shoot wide open jump shots, Ibaka should fit uh, right in there. So I like that for them. They probably deserve that benefit of the doubt. I I was really surprised Miami didn't make a move. Um, they traded mm-hmm. Casey Okpala earlier in the in the week. And as part of that deal, they lessened some restrictions on a pick they they owed to OKC. And I thought for sure that signal, because that freed them up to move a different pick um, mm. based on like the Stepien rule and stuff. So I thought for sure they were doing something to kind of keep up with this. Miami's probably, I would say, the, the loser from this trade deadline just because yeah. Philly, Brooklyn, and Milwaukee all got better. And I still think when it comes down to it, those four make up the top of the East. So of course I'd be a little, you know, Miami's been the best of those teams this year. So maybe they're fine. Maybe they're comfortable with it. Um, but I would be a little worried if I'm them because yeah, this is back to a 14 race in the East. I think no disrespect so, to our, our Cleveland Cavaliers who we obviously love. <laughs> <laughs> no, no shit. And uh, even the Raptors. I mean, I, I, I think it, it was somewhat of a win. I would probably give them about a B um, even just getting rid of Goran Dragic and turning it into something as well. Yeah, you fix you fix some vibes related stuff. Not having to talk about Gordon Drogic all the time and not having yeah. to deal with that situation. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, it's not it's not a sexy move. It's not as sexy as some of the names and scenarios that were kicked around. But you turned literally nothing into mm-hmm. Thad Young, who could be a back end rotation piece for you and a good locker room guy and a good leader and stuff like that. And it costs yeah. you maybe 10, 15 slots in the draft to do it. And you, not that any fans care about this. They also saved a good chunk of change. Yeah. Making this. And when you've had three years in a row with like no gate revenue, maybe that's a, a relevant thing. Um, yeah. And then also there's the element too, that again, this is not like why you make a trade, but it free, they have an open roster spot. Now they have enough room beneath the tax to sign someone. So maybe mm-hmm. you can play the bio market or you convert champagne or something like that. So, um, Absolutely. not again, not sexy, but it, it makes sense. It, it's fine. 
Uh, Blake Murphy, again, thanks so much for joining us as well. Uh, before we let you go, I, I know that we're crunched for a little bit of time here, but um, as we're heading into the Super Bowl weekend, by the time that this is aired, uh, we'll know who uh, are the Super Bowl winners. Uh, but tell us what your thoughts are, and we'll be kind of looking back on that. Who do you like in this Super Bowl? Uh, why is it the Rams? And also, <laughs> why are I did a little bit of digging as well? So if you could if you could tie this all together, why Jacksonville Jaguars? Why is that your team? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let us record two versions of this. One where I say the Rams win. One where I say the Bengals win. <laughs> we we can just put in whichever yeah. one is right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I I'm I would be going with the Rams. I think my my favorite thing about the Super Bowl and, and what I'm most curious about is just like Joe Burrow having this air of you can't you can't shake this guy off his game. Like he seems so above the noise constantly. Uh, we mm-hmm. actually, we had Robert Griffin, the third on our show on Thursday to oh, tee up shit. the Super Bowl, And his, I asked him, I'm like, how do you do like you're 25 year old sophomore? And like, yeah, you had the moments at LSU and stuff, but like, how are you that above the noise? And RG three's explanation was like, well, you're young and dumb. And that's, that's it. <laughs> right. Like you're, yeah. you're borderline. You yeah, you're borderline yeah. a himbo that you just like you you don't know. <laughs> so uh, I'm really excited to see Joe Burrow. But when it comes down to it, the Bengals had one of the worst offensive lines in football, and that Rams front seven is so deadly. And it's not like yeah. the Rams can't score either. If this was, you know, if it was a Niners style team where you're relying on the defense, and if they get behind, the offense can't catch up. That's not the case here. If they get behind, they still have Stafford to cup. Like they, they've got weapons. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'd lean Rams, but please edit this and say I said Bengals if uh, if the Bengals win. Um, and no, how no. I'm a Jags fan. When I started paying attention to football, like my intro to football was almost entirely through Madden, and they had cool jerseys and they <laughs> had the Brunel, Fred Taylor, Jimmy yes, Smith yeah. combo. So they oh, were nice. all you need in Madden, the, especially the early versions of Madden where everything was so simple. Um, it's just cool jersey, quarterback, running back, one wide receiver. You could just spam to. So no that's, shit, that's, eh? that's how it worked there out. There you go. Oh, they were they were uh, they were a juggernaut there for five or six years. They they were decent. Absolutely. And I mean, hey, the same same to say for me. I mean, like you answered well when it comes to the Rams. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a big Rams yeah. fan in that sense. But um, uh, yeah, man, I, I, I agree. Hopefully by the end of this, uh, we won't have to re-record. But uh, once again, Sportsnet's Blake Murphy on the show. Blake, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, go Raptors and uh, hope to have you back again on the show sometime soon. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. And uh, enjoy your Dallas trip and hope, hope your Rams come through. <laughs> My man. Cheers, Take it Blake. Easy. Thank you. Thanks, Cheers. Hey, Mikey, what time is it? I don't know. <laughs> it's time <laughs> to get spicy. What are we? I mean, we could be... We We're could the be... homie bros, motherfucker. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we're homie boys, motherfuckers. It's a remix, bitch. Hey, where, where's your homie boys? <laughs> if you want to be my homie, bro, you have got to know. <laughs> how, how does the rest Fucking go? Fucking burying me. That, that was it. I think that's all we got. That's well, it. When, that's it. Well, that's we were it. in that uh, studio, and that's as far as we got. Yo, running on fumes here at the end of episode 21. This day is just taking a complete toll on all of us. You're absolutely right from the beginning there, Bird. I feel like my brain is mush because, like, just going from, like, the the good, the bad, and, and uh, Marvin Bagley the thirds of all the trades oh, that are going on where it's God. just like... Oh, the Detroit uh, Pistons got that, Marvin Bagley the third. And then I'm everyone's sorry, just... sorry, man. That, that yeah. organization just pukes all over itself. 
every yeah, day it exists, man. It's, it is just oh. pathetic. You pass up Luka Doncic, Trey Young to get that guy, and you ship him out for nothing. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh man, this is so bad. I feel so and bad for Kings fans. And then you get rid of Halliburton as well. It's like, all right, cool. Yeah, right. And I love that uh, that 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 meme that's out right now with. Um, I guess the uh, the live broadcast uh, for all the Sacramento Kings fans, and one's just holding up a sign that says "Welcome to Hell, Thomas." Yes, yes. <laughs> not even Demontis, just Thomas. You can't even get the fucking name right. It's like it's Demontis Sabonis, you puke. Fucking Thomas. Welcome to Hell, Thomas. Thomas Thomas. What's in the, what's that in place the Sacramento is water? Fucking hell. That's Holy so funny, man. That's so close to. Uh, Tingus Pingus. I don't know if you ever remember that yeah, one. Yeah, the Tingus Pingus. Who the, <laughs> Who the hell fuck is Tingus Pingus? <laughs> when the New York Knicks drafts. Oh my god. Kristaps Porzingis, which is another major fall from grace. Like, oh, man. I mean, Mark Cuban got what he wanted with that, with getting the unicorn, saving him from that, you know, fire tire fire of an organization when it comes to the New York Knicks. Which, by the way, is something that we haven't really talked about. I'm surprised that the Knicks are are the way that they are. Like, it looks like they upgraded over the offseason and then they're just uh, depleted. Are you really surprised, though? I'm not. I feel like, like they overachieved last, last year yeah. and then paid the same players more money, hoping that they would. I thought they were supposed to be shit last year. Yeah, I felt like that was a uh, that was a house of cards. It was a it was a magic bean season. You know what I mean? Hundred percent. And And all they did was upgrade everyone's salary. And then the Atlanta Hawks are times two now. Like is like are they the double magic because they're not they're right in the same boat as that's another one that I didn't thought. I thought they. They were built to the Eastern Conference run, totally unexpected. Absolutely. I thought they were going to be relevant, though. I thought for sure the Knicks would have a fall from grace. Yeah. Thought with Trey and Collins and, and shit. But well, Trey's getting the respect that he deserves that is in uh, in the All Star game this year as well. I mean, it was crazy to see the Atlanta Hawks go on their run that they did without having any any. I think it was the first time that they had someone or a team reaches the Eastern Conference or Western Conference Finals without an actual all-star named to their team, which is an interesting fact from last year. Fun fucking fact, actually. And then now um, it's it's just interesting to see how all things shake up. Uh, Cleveland Cavaliers looking like a team to be reckoned with. Oh, my God, right? right? I mean, like the chemistry that they have. I mean, when you have Kevin Love as a possible six-man-of-the-year candidate coming off the bench, uh, followed by, you know, just adding an insane talent of Karis LeVert and addressing that need that they had at the two, um, followed with those those three trees that you have. (laughs) Like Markinen. Allen and and Mobley, your your possible Yo. rookie of the year. Like, Yo, man, I was gonna that is say, a fun squad to watch. We've been high on Scotty all year, but I mean, yeah, it's I mean, it's really a two dog race Mobley at this point. Looks nice, man. I mean, if Cade Cunningham can stay healthy, then he's gonna make a case for himself. But other than that, I mean, it, it looks like it's between Mobley and Barnes. Feels yeah. good to cheer for them too, post LeBron, oh, yeah. them being guttered. Yeah. Like, let them. Like a collection of pieces fucking competing, and they look like they've turned the corner, and they're a legit team. And you know what it is? is actually competitive team. Not to go on a huge Cavs rant after we had that interview with Blake Murphy, but I mean, we... We we talk about the Cavs and how exciting they are, but really you have to owe it to JB Bickerstaff right now with the coaching because Kevin Kevin Love has actually been on the record to saying that this is the most fun that he's had in basketball in quite some time because of the coaching and he's he's like when it comes to his percentage and, and like shooting percentages off the bench and being able to put double double up with his minutes 
Like it's, yeah. it's it's been a lot of fun for that squad. And you know, honestly, it's 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 fun to watch them and it's fun to bet them too. I, I bet them on the spreads all the time. Yo, Guess they what? probably made a buck lot of people money. Let me tell sure. you, maybe a buck or two, Fucking a couple <laughs> buck, couple buck. Yo, and I think you've actually thrown that out there in some chats a couple times, mentioning the calves and some parfaits and whatnot. So listen to your jish. You. Listen to the good jish on your right shoulder. Don't listen to the one on the left. He's full of bad news. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm no good. I'm no good. <laughs> Yo, boys. I bite emotionally. Boys, we one thing we haven't really touched on is uh, the All Star Weekend coming up. Like. Are we excited about the the three point challenge with Freddie in there? And is there anything else that you guys are looking forward to, or what? Oh man, I I gotta say, like Freddie stands a very good chance. I mean, for sure. Obviously, throw his name in the hat. I mean, he is up there when it comes to when it comes to the top three point shooters in the NBA right now. I think it's down to Steph Curry, Fred Van Vliet, and fucking Buddy Heald. I was gonna say, is he not second or third in? Uh, attempts and makes or something like yeah. that. Like no shit. So this it'll definitely be Steph White. Yeah, yeah, Steph. for real. Well, he goes on the record to say that Steph's his biggest inspiration, right? So well, I mean, he says that yeah, that Steph Curry is the type of player that's paved the way for him to be able to have a career as big as the way that he has been able to shape it out uh, yeah, up until no. this point. So. No. Honestly, like yeah, that that three point competition. I'm obviously going to be rooting um, for for Fred. It's it's. I'm I'm just so happy that you know we got the the respect that that Fred deserves. Really, I mean, like it put some respect on his name. It it like he made it. It's not like someone was injured and he made it in. Like your name's fucking Lamelo Ball. Like which honestly, I think major snub towards Pascal Siakam. I don't give a major. fuck that spot. I think that should have gone to either Jalen Brown or Pascal Siakam. I'm sorry, but that has got to be the biggest snub out of all of them. Yeah, and that's not being biased. I mean, like I like no. if it went to Jalen Brown, sure, I I'm completely okay with that. If it went to Pascal Siakam, I'm I'm obviously okay with that as well. But this is not being a biased Raptors fan. I think that that should have gone to one or the other, and I would have been completely happy to see Jalen Brown get it. Not I mean, okay, just take this into perspective. Like, yeah. this guy's playing the best basketball of his career, and he's already been named an all-star starter once before. And you look at a guy like Andrew Wiggins, and you compare the stats. Like, man, it's night and day. Like, I don't, I don't understand how... Pascal doesn't even really get looked at. I know it's I'm a different Andrew conference, Wiggins, but, but even I'm, Andrew Wiggins is a starter. Well, that's what I'm saying, bro. It just, I don't know. It seems like... Uh, because he missed a month, it's like, uh, you know, it's... This is all fan vote, too, right? Well... No, there's fan vote and there's coach's vote as well. Because I was just going to say, a- Andy Wig pulls a lot of, uh, pulls a lot of Canadian Andy votes. Andy Wig. Like, I, 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 you know, obviously... Big Wig Andy? Is that what they call him? Yeah. <laughs> big Wigs. Mike, big Andy Wig guy. Yeah. And I'm not a big Andy Wig guy. No, he's, Pascal, no, he's, obviously. no, he's anti-vax Andy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's doofus Andy that's having a big year because he's playing beside Steph. Bob Andy, Fuck. the starter. Yo. Anti-vax Andy. <laughs> I, ha- I hate to be hating on our, can- our, our, our fellow Canadian, though, and he's having a nice bounce back year. Obviously getting a lot of spacing and whatnot, but he's doing everything well over there. You got you to gotta be happy for, uh, for him in Golden State. Yeah. Absolutely. I point mean, point being made, though. Let's be serious. Pascal should be fucking playing in the All Star game. There isn't there isn't any way 
to to argue that. Yeah. Well, well, well point being that the All-Star Weekend is a joke, just like the Pro Bowl is a joke, oh, joke just like oh, the NHL All-Star Game is a joke. Did you guys catch any of the Pro Bowl game this year? No. No. Oh, my God. Who watches Never that? Have a, you watched it, <laughs> didn't you? You fucking no, nerd. No, I swear to Fuck you, I didn't. <laughs> but I flicked through. Okay, it was, yeah, it was you watched Sunday. It. I flicked through for think, two hours. I yeah. think the fi- final round uh, Pebble Beach Pro-Am was going on. Yes, 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 yes. I was at my in-laws. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, I was at Ron and Jan's having a nice fu- nice meal. Nice beef stroganoff. Ooh, strogey. Shout out Jan. That was a nice stroke. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, strogey. So fucking. Jam fl- partridge fl- with a stroke. Yo, boys. Point is, I flicked over to the Pro Bowl. It's two-hand touch. It's two-hand touch? Yeah. And that's a, like. It's like that, flag football. Can you if I was explain a, if that? If I was a I pro bowler. I'm lost they, actually, they, they don't tackle. They just kind of grab you and they smile. and they. Oh, that's they so Can't beat, jump. dude. And they do a kiss on the cheek. Yeah, and you know, you stand what? up sixty nine. Uh, if I was a if I, yeah, if I was a guy in the wheels. NFL that played on a non guaranteed contract, I'm not going to get my ACL. To, you fucking, <laughs> I'm walking out of my fucking of my fucking rain here, and you fucking stand up sixty nine in my ear. Yo, I'm dead. (laughs) This is where I fucking go off the rails. It is true, though. Like, why the fuck, if you play for non-guaranteed contracts, why would you ever tear an ACL playing in the Pro Bowl? No. And then 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 get cut. Fuck that. Like, that's a violent sport. For any sport, really. If you get hurt during the All-Star game, it's like, wow, what a Uh, waste. Oh, I for... literally, I I think it's gonna come to an end. NFL Pro Bowl, and I think it'll just be like skills competition, fun shit. I like, mean, it, the, it, the... it's it's so bad. It is yeah. even it's even poor. like I've I listen to a lot Yo. of radios on Sirius XM. Everyone says the same thing. Like this is too much. Like, the most dangerous bad. play of that entire game was when Mac Jones did the gritty in the end zone on a dead play. Like you can pull a hand. <laughs> okay. Like your name's Adam Schefter. You got to be yeah. careful out there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's just, you know, all-star all, all around, whether it's pro bowl or all-star games for NHL yeah, or NBA. Any, it's NHL, a fucking joke. NHL is good entertainment. Give me the three point dunk competition as well. Give me three point competition, dunk contest. Uh, give me the derby. Uh, who gives a fuck about NHL? All stars, because I guess that dude, is there's just some, there's something around. about oh, you're hating a little bit no. on NHL. I'm gonna come to their defense. Now I'm not. There's huge. something a little cringe about it. You have to admit, like it's awkward. You watch it I and you feel awkward watching it for some reason. This year, yeah. this year was a little awkward. NHL in Vegas doing a couple of like the random skill stuff where they did. Like, I actually the didn't mind shit. this year. I thought it was better than a lot of years past. I, I honestly, NHL typically puts on a pretty good All Star weekend. Let's let's not be hating too much. It's nothing that blackjack to game. NFL. I could get behind that. I think yeah, there's a little goofiness. I would like to see East versus West five on five again, and it gets a little and just put a little more on, on the line. Uh, long story short, though. The fucking NFL Pro Bowl is a fucking... That's got to go. That's got to go. The one that I really do like is... Um, I, I've, I've seen this uh, circling the web a bit, but this is uh, where they get rid of the Pro Bowl and they make the two bottom te- uh, bottom uh, seed teams fight for the number one pick Play overall. First, yeah. Here, here's the wow. issue. That's, How crazy that's would that crazy. Be? Listen, I, I jizzed when I first heard it. <laughs> And then I realized cream. nobody on that team is going to want to give two fucks about playing in that game. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Fuck That's you. If I play that game, I'm like, fuck you. I'm going disgrace. home for the offseason. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it won't work. My career ain't yeah. worth this. No. Yeah. 
This um, is a fucking joke. Is all all we're saying is execs and, and commissioners, you got some shit to figure out. But uh, you know, we, we love it all the same, and that's why that's why we do what we do. Without uh, you know, cut you off one last time because I've had three ups and uh, <laughs> three ups and a couple. Kind of disappointing. We were talking about Pascal not making the All Star game. Every team in the NHL gets a representative. They had some shitty fucking bunk-ass players and some players that didn't even get to go this year. Mm-hmm. I think it, it can't be a tummy stick game where every team gets a player. I agree. You got you to gotta invite let's the best get players the in the best world. best guys in there. Like, yeah. Especially for the skills competition. Let's get guys yeah. with the yeah. best hands in there. You know what I mean? Make it a You're real battle. Right. 100%. And let's put some real incentives out there. Make it a little more competitive. Just a little more edge to it. You're absolutely right. It's the, it, they, they, they put the, the same sort of rules as the Major League uh, All-Stars as well. Like when yeah. it comes to baseball, where you know, every team Everyone has is. some sort of a representative. It doesn't have to be like that, Brandon though. Brandon Ainge aren't that for the big. fucking Tigers one year went and fucking third baseman. They won 40 games. He's batting 260 with like 16 dingers. This is our guy right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right, though, stud. when it comes to that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I trade places with him but he's really good <laughs> well you're you're equally a stud so don't even worry about it i've been, hey, Yo, you've been. Speak, Yo, speaking of speaking you. of studs though we have man it, it's just crazy with the amount of people that we have lined up on the docket for this show i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say any spoilers because you know by the end of this show uh like like we're we're just so excited to have the next person on it's almost like we we haven't even had let, let the experience of the person that we just had on soak in because we're already dialed up for the next one. Uh, so we have so many amazing guests on the show. Uh, really excited to bring it to you guys. Make sure you follow, like, share, subscribe, all that good shit. Uh, a lot of a lot of new things, different show concepts that are coming in down the pipe. Um, a lot of things to be excited about here. So uh, thank you again for listening. Uh, for Josh Elijah, Mike Fulmer, and my boy Bird. This is the Down by Two podcast. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Cheers, fellas. Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jag and Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Come on, let's go to the Blue Hotel. The 
podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares. It's for the open-minded, the pleasure seeker. It's Jeff Woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality, theme-based with special guests, the Blue Hotel Hotline, and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story. Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd.